I'm only human after all And you're only human after all Don't put the blame on me Welcome to First Formation, a spiritual exercise for high church lowlifes looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join us every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 144 Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. My rock and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield in whom I take refuge, who subdues the people under me. O Lord, what are human beings that you regard them, or mortals that you think of them? They are like a breath, their days are like a passing shadow. Bow your heavens, O Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains so that they smoke. Make the lightning flash and scatter them. Send out your arrows and rout them. Stretch out your hand from on high. Set me free and rescue me from the mighty waters, from the hand of aliens, whose mouths speak lies and whose right hands are false. I will sing a new song to you, O God. Upon a ten-stringed harp I will play to you. The one who gives victory to kings, who rescues his servant David. Rescue me from the cruel sword and deliver me from the hands of aliens whose mouths speak lies and whose right hands are false. May our sons in their youth be like plants full grown, our daughters like corner pillars cut for the building of a palace. May our barns be filled with every produce of every kind. May our sheep increase by thousands, by tens of thousands in the fields. And may our cattle be heavy with young. May there be no breach in the walls, no exile and no cry of distress in our streets. Happier are the people to whom such blessings fall. Happier are the people whose God is the Lord. Ezekiel chapter 19, verses 10 through 14. Your mother was like a vine in a vineyard, transplanted by the water, fruitful and full of branches from abundant water. Its strongest stem became a ruler's scepter. It towered aloft among the thick boughs, It stood out in its height with its mass of branches. But it was plucked up in fury, cast down to the ground. The east wind dried it up. Its fruit was stripped off. Its strong stem was withered. The fire consumed it. Now it is transplanted into the wilderness, into a dry and thirsty land. And fire has gone out from its stem, has consumed its branches and fruit, so that there remains in it no strong stem, no scepter for ruling. This is a lamentation, and it is used as a lamentation. First Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. Come to him, a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, See, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. To you then who believe, he is precious. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the very head of the corner, 
and the stone that makes them stumble and the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Good morning and welcome to the 19th Monday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Iamsville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 144. Ezekiel 19 and 1 Peter 2. And the uh, the reading begins with a very um, poignant verse for soldier saints and Christian soldiers um, saying that the Lord is my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Um, and yesterday, October 4th, was the feast day for one of the kind of um, primary soldier saints, Francis of Assisi, and I wanted to talk briefly about him um, and the prayer that he wrote. Um, I'm, I have a book proposal out that includes a chapter on Francis, and I, in it I focus on pilgrimage. Um, but um, in researching the chapter, I looked into his uh, the prayer that's attributed to him and the Book of Common Prayer and elsewhere. And today, the 5th isn't his feast day, but yesterday was, and I think it's um, uh, poignant. I think the prayer is just really well done, um, but it's also misunderstood. Um, although I don't think, I think that it's still incredibly important for soldiers. It wasn't actually written by Francis of Assisi. So it goes by many names, uh, and I'll read it for the prayer this morning. Um and it's really popular and it's attributed to Francis. Um, even though we were confident that, that it was not written by him. So what happened is in, uh, during World War I, uh, there was a little French Catholic newsletter um, called, um, I think, the, the Tulip or something, La Clochet. I can't remember. It's a... I don't think it is it rose. Anyway, it's a little Catholic, um, French Catholic newsletter called La Clochet. And it was first published in December 1912 as a beautiful prayer to say during Mass. That was its its name. And the French a French politician at the time, in the middle of I'm sorry, three years later, 1915, Marquis de la Rochelle uh Roche saw in this prayer the a hope for reunification of Europe. Um, without any evidence, uh, the, the politician claimed that it had been written by William the Conqueror, who's considered to be the ancestor of all royal families of Europe. And so this politician uh, may not have been much of a pacifist, but he did think that having something to unify the continent would help, um, you know, kind of wind down and bring to an end World War One, at least ideologically, and so he sends it to Pope Benedict the Fifteenth, and the Pope liked it so much that he had it printed on the front page of the Vatican's daily news newspaper, uh, Lo Servitor Romano, 
uh, and that was uh, published in the Vatican newsletter on January 20th, 1916. And then very quickly, it found its ways its way to the pages of Lacroix, the Cross, which is another much more popular Catholic French Catholic publication. Um, and so Lacroix, or Lacroix, which is also the drink, which means the cross. Um, it, that newsletter was so popular, it reached you know hundreds of thousands um, right in the middle of the war in 1916, or a little bit afterwards. Um, and so, in the in the height of World War One, these uh, this prayer is distributed uh, to French Catholics. In 1917, a Franciscan priest by the name of Etienne Benoit had the French version mass-produced on holy cards to send to the trenches. And he titled it Prayer for Peace rather than A Beautiful Prayer to Say During Mass. So this now retitled Prayer for Peace is put on holy cards. On the one side you have the prayer. On the other, he put his order's namesake, St. Francis of Assisi. And so there are these, you know, you know, hundreds of thousands of copies of these little, like, baseball card French Catholic baseball cards with a saint and this prayer. And he didn't say that it was by Francis of Assisi. He just used Francis's icon on the reverse of the prayer card. And, uh, you know, war has a way of making believers uh, of the most cynical among us. You know, the, the we all know the saying, there's no atheists in foxholes. Um, and the um, the French soldiers... Uh, who are our allies at the time, and they, they still are, but, you know, w- American soldiers fought alongside French soldiers in the trenches. And these French soldiers probably shared with the Americans these holy cards, these prayer for peace holy cards with St. Francis of Assisi. Um, a lot of American soldiers probably couldn't read French. Maybe they learned it quickly, and they took these cards um, and, you know, kept them in their helmets or, or in their you know, close to their, their, you know, their body or, or with letters they would send home. And then after the guns fell silent, they would face a weeks-long journey back across the Atlantic. And this is a pilgrimage from hell, from the hell of war, back home. And it would have been filled with soul-searching. And all these weary grunts probably turned to these little holy cards for spiritual guidance. And uh, it might be that these holy cards were kept with them as reminders of their deliverance from the horrors of war. Because trench warfare is just incredibly brutal. It's cramped. It's stagnant. Um, And so the prayer and the the icon probably, um, the, the, the themes of movement, you know, let me do this, let me do that, uh, which implies going to go do those things. It probably resonated with them both in the trenches and then on their way home from war. Um, and so Francis didn't write the prayer. Um, but that doesn't mean that it, it doesn't have something unique and powerful to say um, to soldiers and veterans and from soldiers and veterans. So these holy cards were brought back across the states and the first time it's printed in English is in 1927 in the Friends Intelligencer a Quaker publication, and it was translated 
from French into English, and it was then in, in writing, in print, attributed to Francis of Assisi. And from there, Cardinal Francis Spellman, um, you know, just like uh, Etienne Benoit did with the French version, Fra uh, Cardinal Francis Spellman, who was really popular at the time, he did for the English version what Benoit did for the French version. The rest is history. Um, and so even though it's not attributed to soldier saints, to a soldier saint uh, accurately, soldier saints did bring us this prayer from across the pond uh, from a time of war and strife and, and horror um, through the pilgrimage home from war and then uh, gave us this beautiful prayer for peace to say during Mass or any other time. And so in a way, we, we have a bit uh, to thank for, uh, for this prayer for, uh, to thank to St. Francis. Um, even if he didn't write it himself, um, there is something of uh, the saint's fingerprints in uh, the way that it was uh, popularized here for the English speakers. So I hope you enjoy not Francis's prayer, but a beautiful prayer to say for peace during Mass or any other time. A beautiful prayer to say during the Mass from the Little Bell magazine published in France in 1912. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there's hatred, let me so love. Where there's injury, pardon. Where there's doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O oh, Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. <laughs>